Hi everyone, our guest this week is Lauren Gallo. Lauren is the marketing creative behind many global brands such as Soho House, Nike, Apple, and currently Snapchat. We talked about how to stand out in the competitive field of marketing and the importance of trying as many different things as possible. Living in eight different cities in the past 12 years, it's obvious that Lauren doesn't have a comfort zone and always ready for the next challenge. We hope our conversation with Lauren will help you remember that it's never late to follow your passion and encourage you to explore the unknown. Here's Lauren Gallo on Came Along Along Way. And we have a very special guest, Lauren Gallo. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So uh, for some of our listeners who might not know, um, you're a very successful creative um, that worked for one of the um, top iconic global companies like Soho House, Nike, and um, Apple. And now you're currently working for Snapchat. So um, can you take us to your early days of your career and what were your goals and ambitions back then? I grew up in New York. Um, as you can imagine, Manhattan is is bustling and the energy is so palpable and everybody is running a mile a minute. So for me, I always felt like I always needed to be doing something and have a purpose. And it was really important to me coming out of college that I, I knew what I was going to be doing and I knew where I was going. And obviously, you don't always know that early on. But I tried so many different things when I was in college from an internship perspective to really understand you know, what I liked and what I didn't like. And Coming out of college, I actually thought I wanted to work in fashion. And I quickly found out that fashion was not the industry for me. Um, while I respect it very much, it wasn't, it wasn't very deep from a consumer marketing perspective. And it truly was, you know, getting clothes on celebrities or highly influential people. And that was kind of the, the ceiling for it. And I was so curious about brands and consumption, and that to me was was really important. So I knew I wanted to get out of the fashion industry. I didn't know what it was going to be, and it was quite interesting because my boss at the time was a member of Soho House, which is a private members club for those in creative industries. And we used to go there all the time for meetings, and it was amazing. I was like, what is this place? It's so special. Um, I, I want to become a part of it. And I was too young to be a member at the time. Um, but I looked online and I noticed that they were going to expand throughout North America and Western Europe. And they were looking for like this marketing manager. And I didn't have the experience to really be a marketing manager at that point. I was, I was still a coordinator level, very entry level. And I was determined to get that job. And I remember I had put together a deck of presentation based on what I found on slideshare.com, which I don't even know if people even go on that anymore of why I should be the person for this job. And they, I sent it to the HR department and they took it and they met with me. And Nick Jones, who is the founder of Soho House, I'll never forget this. He took a meeting with me and he's like, you are a very ambitious kid. I'm going to give you a chance. And that's how my career kind of started. How did working with, in these brands kind of like had an impact on you as a person? Like what are some of the things that you discovered about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I... I feel so fortunate to have worked with such global brands that have incredible values. And I think working with brands that have grounded values and also working with great people has stretched me and made me so curious. And I've been fortunate enough to have traveled all around the world for most of my career. And that in itself has made me uncomfortable 
and put a lot of uncertainty. But at the same time, it's it's kind of opened up my eyes to to look more beyond what's in front of me. So does making a move, like moving to a new place or taking a new job, that kind of a big decision in your life, do you spend too much time thinking about it or do you just go for it? So I'm now in my 30s, which I I feel differently about living in different places because I kind of want to be in one place. But I've lived in over eight cities over the past 12 years for my career. And I did not hesitate whatsoever. And I grew up in Queens and Brooklyn, where I never thought I'd ever leave New York. New York was the Mecca and the best place in the world. And when Soho House had given me the opportunity to, to you know, travel and, and sort of live in different cities for, for quite some time, I didn't care because I was so energized by the mission of the company and what they represented and what they wanted to create for other people to feel. And when Nike hired me, because Nike's in Portland, Oregon, which it, Oregon is a very small town and it rains seven months you know, out of the year, I didn't care because Nike is one of the most innovative brands in the world and they are epic with how they make consumers feel and they've been so consistent since they were incepted. So it's, I've never hesitated. That's a long way of saying no. <laughs> and usually, um, based on the other guests we had and their experiences, it's usually hard for people to um, get out of their comfort zones and it's really important to actually push yourself. So how do you um, prepare yourself to take on to the next challenge? Sure. I think, I think thinking about where you want to go and not thinking too much about the details is important because if you're very passionate about what you're doing, everything else will follow. And I think if you spend too much time dwelling about it, you're going to miss the opportunity. And you just kind of need to be like water and kind of flow right through it. Based off of like the teams that you worked with, what's the most important personality? So when I'm hiring... um, for somebody to join my team, whether it's entry level or very senior, I love energy and, and passion. Um, that's the first thing I look for when, when I'm sitting with somebody and their knowledge about the brand or something that they saw that really inspired them is really important. Um, I also think somebody who's articulate and able to kind of tell a story. And I always see when people kind of walk me through their resume how they kind of talk me through their journey and me being in marketing, if they're very robotic in kind of talking me through their resume, I can kind of tell what kind of storyteller they're going to be on the other end for whatever we're marketing. Um, And I'd also say somebody who's like super collaborative. Um, You can't work in a vacuum and somebody that, that easily can handle working with different personality types, different levels in the industry, um, internally, externally. So those are probably three things that I think are pretty important. And speaking of hiring, actually, you've touched on how you prepared this deck to like kind of pitch yourself. Nowadays, I feel like it's more about just sending resumes to as many places as possible. So with, with all the competition that's going on now, how would you recommend for people to stand out? Yeah, I, it's a great question because I feel like social media has opened up a place where people can have more accessible dialogue. And it's quite interesting because I've met a lot of my close friends in marketing and also in real life on social media. 
And those people are amazing and incredible. And I just think that sending a resume with a blurb is not enough and they're probably going to be overlooked. So my recommendation is to truly reach out to somebody and genuinely connect with them. Let them know why you're so inspired by them or something that they saw, something that they did that they saw inspire them or if they work for a company that they really are passionate about and they love the role that they're in, how can they find out more? I think people underestimate outreaching to somebody in a very meaningful way and for 50 emails that you'll send, you might get one or two responses back, but those one or two responses could be really valuable and they might not be valuable immediately. You might see like, you know, six to eight months down the line, they'll surface again. And that's happened to me many times. So, yeah. So um, success has a di different meaning for um, everyone. And while some um, associated it with job promotion and financial progress, others associated it with like doing what they love. Mm -hmm. So um, how would you define success for yourself? You know, it's really interesting because this comes up a lot. And I think people think sometimes out of college that you need to be making a lot of money and that's automatically going to bring you happiness and success. I couldn't think more of the opposite. I think when you're working on something or with a brand that you really believe in and surround yourself by people who really inspire you, all of that stuff, all the other stuff that you thought was important will come later. And for me, it's about like working for something and with something that's bigger than myself. Um, that's why I've worked with such innovative brands like Nike and Apple. And even Soho House is amazing because they've created sort of the benchmark of what it is of the true definition of community. And now there's so many places that are so similar as far as, you know, similar sort of creative destinations for people to work out of and, you know, go to programming and be able to converse with different people. So for me, it's about doing what you love and, and the rest will really all follow. And looking from outside, you worked in all these like very amazing companies and it looks very impressive but we also want to paint a realistic accurate picture of what it means to go that route and i want to ask you to share a memory where you were challenged in your career and how you overcame that situation sure um so when i i i was hired by nike to lead digital brand marketing for nike women um, and how Nike is built out is every single category is its own business. So Nike basketball is its own business, Nike running, Nike women. And Nike at that time, women represented probably about 50% of the consumer base, but only 20% of their business, their sales. And that was obviously the challenge. Um, and we were facing tremendous pressure by Lululemon and under Armour and different brands that were kind of popping up like Sweaty Betty, which I don't even know if it's still in business, um, and Lorna Jane. Um, and my job was to define what the marketing playbook was going to be as defining what Nike Women is and think about who the consumer is and how we were going to talk to that consumer and think about what channels make the most sense to go on and speak to that consumer in in such a like human way. And all of the history of Nike women's marketing, while it was so amazing and powerful, it still wasn't talking to the consumer as if 
we were like humanizing the brand. And that was a huge unlock that I had surfaced for the brand in particular with just seeing what people say online and how they talk to each other, whether it's about sweaty selfies or the fact that they experience boob sweat during workouts and they hate it. You know, how are we solving it for them or how are we inspiring them to not complain about that and help them do more and do better? So that's on like the external side. But internally, it was quite challenging, too, because you have a big organization and you really need to educate everybody cross-functionally on what the opportunity is to be able to get resources, budgets, and and help, have them help you amplify the message. So while it was challenging and difficult, it was an amazing opportunity because you had a blank slate. How do you convince people in the sure. entire organization? So it's it's actually quite quite interesting because you have so many different personalities, so many different points of views and different levels of people and egos and, you know, et cetera. I think what's so important is when you walk into a room, never assume that somebody knows what you, what you work on and what you do and what you're trying to do. It is so important to educate and kind of have this quote unquote beginner's mind to walk them through the journey, to give them the setup, the context, the background, the opportunity to then have people understand, okay, this is why you're trying to do this. And that I learned very early on at Nike. And honestly, working at Nike was like getting an MBA in marketing because people had that mindset walking into a meeting no matter what. And I noticed for the those that didn't, I mean, people just were sort of like, what are you talking about? Or I don't understand the concept or I don't have the context of why this is even important. So I think very much walking into a room and never assuming anybody knows anything and starting from scratch helps a lot. And if you could go back in time, now that you have all this experience in different companies, what would be one advice that you would give to your younger self? I would say don't expect to know everything right away. You Sometimes you don't know what you don't know, and it's okay to ask somebody to give you context or to say that you're unaware of something and you want to learn more. Um, I was always so afraid of not necessarily knowing the answer or knowing specifically what they were talking about if I had missed an earlier meeting or whatever it may have been because I, I felt like I was going to look as if I didn't know what I was doing. But actually, it's better to tell them and ask them because then you will know. And it's all in your head of, of you're psyching yourself out that, you think they're thinking something else. Meanwhile, they're not thinking anything. You just need to ask. When you make a kind of like this innovative move within the company, is there ever a set, like a feeling of fear or a feeling of this might lead to like a negative consequence? Um, I've never had that feeling because I've been so invigorated by the opportunity that I'm on such a high of like the unknown. And... I think when you believe in what the company stands for and the product that they sell, you don't ever really question it because you are the consumer and your loyalty is already there. So for me, I've been a very loyal consumer to these brands that I've worked for. And there was no hesitant in my mind that it was going to be nothing more than exciting and and. I mean, I could never predict that they were going to be successful, but I just think that they were going to teach me so much. 
And throughout your experiences in these companies and your interactions, um, what would you say are the three top must-have skills to be in marketing creative? So I think you definitely need to be a storyteller. You need to really understand how, how to make people feel and emotionally connected. I think you can't be afraid to test and try you know, the media landscape is changing dramatically every day. There's new platforms popping up, in particular, even in social media. And, you know, it's great to kind of be the first one there and test things out that have never been done before. Um, and I think you have to be a really, really, you know, communicative person um, and, and articulate at the same time. Because if you can't explain what you're trying to market to somebody, how are they ever going to know what it's about and want to buy it? Going more high-level marketing right now with this question. <laughs> okay. um, how do you see the future of storytelling? Especially now, for a lot of brands, it's a very costly and expensive process to stand out and reach your audience. and it's The competition is probably higher than ever. Are we going more towards real-world experiences? What do you see like the future? Yeah, I think it's interesting because we were talking about this earlier, and I think the sometimes the media landscape comes full circle, and it changes quite often, but it also comes back around to the same place. And I think within the media landscape, there's so many different ways that you can reach the consumer, but I think being so purposeful about where you're at and how you're speaking to the consumer is more important now than ever. And I think for brands futuristically... They need to be super authentic. They need to not think that they need to be everywhere speaking to everyone. I think they need to really stay true to knowing who they are and how, you know, who their consumer is and how they're going to reach them. And I think the, the relationship between physical and digital is so interesting because I think people are getting, you know, mobile and digital fatigue and they are looking for real life connections. So having the balance of both is helping brands out tremendously because those those real life interactions even even though they're not necessarily scalable they really are so impactful for consumers and i think a lot of marketers you know underestimate the value of that and what are some of your favorite channels other than social media to engage with brands um well i actually really love going into brick and mortar stores and experiencing brands in real life. Um, because I think that says a lot about who they are and how they present themselves. And I really enjoy actually speaking to store employees, which I know probably a lot of people when they walk in, they, they barely even want to say hello to somebody. But I think it says a lot about the brand of how the store employees are speaking to consumers in ways that, you know, if they're super excited about the brand or they're just passing the time, and you can tell right away what kind of culture the brand has and emulates by the people that work for them, especially in such a public-facing physical store. And a lot of people just go to a store just to experience it. They don't even necessarily buy something. So what do you think is the most important ingredient there that turns the retail into an experience? I think it's how do you, one, hire people who are on brand and super engaging and not annoying to consumers. And then I think it's also thinking about how the product is displayed and are there ways in which you can kind of 
take consumers on the journey of what that product emulates and seeing it from a visual merchandising perspective, or maybe they they have some sort of, you know, collaborative night where they they have some sort of mixer and they marry a DJ and it's a whole nother experience. I think those things are really, really important. And as we mentioned, a lot of our listeners are students or recent graduates. You touched a little bit on this initially when we first started the conversation, but what's your, what's the message that you would send out to people who just graduated and kind of not sure like which direction they should be headed to? I would say don't feel the pressure of having to know what you want to do right away. I think the world is so open and so flexible and there's so many opportunities and you are, you should test and try and do so many different things and not feel the pressure of society to have to know what you want right away. Um, and I think once you do that, you're going to find amazing things that you like, and then there's going to be things that you're not going to like, and those experiences are going to be so much more valuable for you later on because you're going to know, hey, I tried that, and I actually really didn't even like it, but I also tried this other thing, and I really love it. So I would say don't feel the pressure of having to know everything right away, and Try everything. And at that point, usually people feel like they're wasting time doing different things. And there's always this like thought of, oh, I could have been doing this instead. Like, what's your perspective on wasting time versus experience? I don't necessarily think that if you tried something and you didn't like it or you failed at it, it's wasting time. I actually think you need to look at it from what can I take from this experience that's going to help fuel me moving forward. And don't look at the failure piece or something that you didn't necessarily like. There are always learnings within things like that that you you don't realize until years later. Like I remember there was so many times where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I did that. Or, oh my gosh, that feels like such a waste of time. And now present day, I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad I had that experience. Like that taught me so much. Or this person who was really hard on me at that point in my career I'm so grateful for them. Um, so I would just try to think about the bigger picture and not be so hard on yourself. Because this upcoming generation, ha- are like there's this constant rush of trying to do as much as possible. And there are these like milestones. Oh, I have to do this much until I'm 35. So it's usually like focused on the smaller picture. Like, do you have any tips to have people like be more consistent with patience and be able to look at the big picture? Yeah, I mean, I think there are so many resources, but I have to say meditation is really important. I meditate on a daily basis, even just for 10 minutes. And I think there are some people that like, they don't see the value in that, but it's even just being silent within yourself and the discipline of just being in your thoughts and being able to take a moment to yourself is really important. I think I would read as much as you can. I would listen to so many different podcasts in subjects that you never thought you'd be interested in because you might actually learn something that you would have never thought, you know, could open up your mind to a different way of looking at something. Um, We're so lucky that we have access to information and people that don't be afraid to reach out to somebody because you loved what they did on a particular campaign or you're inspired by their music you never know that person might reply to you or, you know, get in touch with you in some sort of way. And, and you, you just never know what might happen. So it's like, don't ever shut out um, things that, that are not, you know, necessarily interesting to you. 
I, I highly, highly recommend, like, look at the white space. A lot of people, like, this is the direction that you want to take, like, as a recent graduate and stuff. Would you also be able to, like, have, give a perspective on entrepreneurs? Like, a lot of people now, right off of college, they want to start companies. They start maybe a company that's somewhat successful, but then they realize they want to have more experience. And compared to other people, they don't have this impressive, like, track record of companies and experience. What do you recommend to people, like, who are brave, but also, like, at some point might want to, might feel like they need more experience? Sure. It's it's quite interesting because Soho House is a hospitality brand. And you would have never imagined somebody who worked in hospitality go and work at a company like Nike after their, you know, career there. Right. Um, so it just goes to show you that anything is possible. And then going from Nike to Apple, which is a technology company, is a completely different type of industry. So I would say anything really is possible. I think if you block it out and you're, you're so, you know, kind of like one note in thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have the experience. There's so many things that probably an entrepreneur has done and learned that can translate to what their future might be. Um, it's just kind of looking under the hood and thinking about all of those types of strategies or problems and opportunities that they had gone through to then translate that to whatever is going to be next. And I think there was a point that you said when we were like talking during the break that you feel like you're being like reborn um, every time. And I think that's really important for uh, people who are like younger now that are just starting their career and um, they may be in like one path and then they might change later on. So what would be your advice on um, for them to start um, maybe they don't have a passion right now sure. or something. So how would you say, like, which direction would they take? Yeah, it's interesting. So I'm 32, and I do feel like I'm kind of born again. And I remember coming out of college, I felt such pressure to actually know what I was doing. And my parents, you know, very much wanted me to be and going a certain path. And I didn't necessarily see eye to eye with that. But I say, you know, I really think if you're so focused on, giving yourself the pressure of having to figure out what you want to do, you miss the journey um, and you miss the opportunities because you're so focused on having an answer versus being in the moment and kind of just experiencing different things in different ways that are potentially going to lead you to where you're meant to be. This is a great question. How do you fo follow your own path and follow your own passion without letting down the people that love you and that are around you, whether it's family or friends? I think it's about telling them what you're excited about and what you're passionate about and why you want to do that. And not everybody's going to be aligned with what you want to do. And my mom and dad were so stressed out when I told them I was going to live around the world for a company that they had never heard of. Um, that was really hard for them. But I, I assured them that you know, I, I knew what I was doing and I was so excited about what that brand represented. And I think just kind of giving insight into those around you, whether or not they're on board is important, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they, they're going to change their mind and still support you. You should definitely follow your dreams and, and figure it out on your own and, and try to take them on the journey with you. But if they, you know, if they're not necessarily on board, you shouldn't necessarily have that you know, inform um, what your decision is. 
Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Um, I think your um, journey has said a lot to um, everyone who are listening and trying to find that like one motivation to <laughs> go on to the next step. And it's been really valuable having you here today. Which I really feel like you're also in the beginning. So we would love to have you like in five years and 10 years. And <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. And I'm excited about what you guys are going to do. You're very, very talented. So thank you. It's going to be very interesting yeah. to like keep following you and have that conversation <laughs> in the future. You. So make sure um, everyone who is listening, tune in <laughs> to the part two version of our Lauren Gallo <laughs> podcast. But thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. For more, subscribe to Came a Long Way on Came a Long Way Apple Podcast page and follow us on Instagram at Came a Long Way.